Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Star Family Wisdom Podcast. We're so glad you're here with us today. I'm Jenna Layden, the founder of Star Family Wisdom and a former global vice president for Whole Foods Market. And I'm Sinead Willihan. I'm a former educator and social activist and the co-host of the Star Family Wisdom Podcast. Star Family Wisdom is a paradigm shifting podcast. It's a community and it's a modern day mystery school for your spiritual and cosmic evolution. And it's been really, really wonderful to hear from all of you, our listeners who are sharing reflections and experience on YouTube and social media and otherwise. We're so glad that our content is helping to create community for you. It's like we're making all these new friends with all of you. Thanks for joining along. And Sinead and I became friends last year uh, after realizing that we had been having some parallel experiences. While our experiences were different in some ways, they were very similar because we had a major awakening, which included ET contact and led us here today with you. And we started having conversations last year and realized we have to share these with people because this is important stuff that other people need to hear and need to be a part of. Agreed, agreed, agreed. That's why I'm here with you. We definitely feel like this is a pivotal time in human evolution and that we're not alone on this planet and that it's really time for everybody to know that. Uh, we see this as very helpful, important evolutionary information that we're sharing. So on this podcast, we share all kinds of conversations between ourselves, between us and guests that provide you with a huge amount of ideas, information, inspiration, and support on what we think is a pretty crazy experience uh, just of being human, just trying to make it in the world, just trying to have a life and do this humaning thing is pretty hard. So we want to share with you um, all kinds of information that we think is going to be very helpful, like information about our ancient human story, our untold human origins, and our, uh, our origins even from the stars, from the universe, from other galaxies, lost knowledge that we can obtained from out there from the beings who are visiting us and helping us here on earth and of course spiritual wisdom that empowers you to transform your life for the better that's really what we're all about yeah it's all about transformation and becoming better versions of ourselves and and remembering remembering wisdom and, and truth and and today we're doing a lot of that with a very special guest Sinead said we are a modern day mystery school but we have a, a high priestess with us today who runs the seven sisters mystery school and her name is Marguerite Regalioso and she is a PhD and the founder of the seven sisters mystery school and she has done extensive research on virgin birth, divine conception, matriarchal cultures in our history, and uh, has brought to light so much new information that has really been suppressed or left out or missed in the patriarchal version of our history that we have been told. And Marguerite teaches uh, at various colleges and universities, um, University of California, California Institute of Integral Studies, Sonoma State University, and she writes articles and she lectures worldwide. She has courses and programs and uh, gives personal guidance and personal support to those who are 
on this path of remembering and relearning. And she is such a representation of the divine feminine and the resurgence of the divine feminine and is helping all of us understand what that means for ourselves and for our culture and how we can reestablish balance between the masculine and the feminine and go through a healing process that ultimately leads us to a better future. And so, so today, today's conversation does get a little, you know, high level, a little out there in, in some ways, you know, if you're, if you're new to these conversations, take it in, you know, with, um, with some some ease as as you're you're just letting it in because there there is a lot here to unpack and you know when you first start to hear about some of this I'm curious you know for you Sinead what it was like but for me it was kind of shocking you know to realize that our history was told to us kind of incorrectly and there's there's so much more there that we can unpack and understand and and that can be a big thing to go through yeah, I mean, it is pretty, <laughs> I mean, not just Marguerite's work, it, it's just everybody, you know, all of the in, in scholars, all the incredible scholars and brilliant people who are uncovering this work, who are letting us know, you know, we have lived before on this planet, the flood was actually real, it's documented in worldwide global cultures, you know, indigenous cultures who were not in touch with each other and could not be in touch with each other at the time that the floods but Marguerite really has a niche in, in all of that. She is talking specifically about the sacred feminine, specifically about the temple priestesses and the lineage of power that women contributed in a beneficial way to the development of humanity in, in ancient times, still to this day in certain cultures, but how a lot of it has been so suppressed. And a lot of the, the scholars who are uncovering our ancient human origins are male, nothing against them whatsoever for that. It's just that there comes a, you know, there's a certain perspective that comes with being female that um, that is valuable, that is worthwhile and needs to be heard. And I, I really appreciate actually that Marguerite talks about how um, the, the understanding of the divine feminine is not the same thing as feminism and that you know we all sort of subtly agree that feminism while very valuable while absolutely crucial in the development of our culture and society to the you know in this modern day um feminism is defined a certain way that doesn't necessarily involve a spiritual aspect or like a more holistic aspect it's very political it's very economic it's very based in 3d models of family and so on so feminism is progressive but to a point and we're talking about this on a bigger scale we're talking about human evolution in general and we're including men you know we don't want men to feel like they can't be part of this conversation because they are so i really love that she brought in the value that men also contribute as part of the divine feminine too yeah, we need we need men to be part of this conversation, right? Because that's that is how we heal the world. And and you know, we talk about how this is about rebalancing between masculine and feminine and creating, like you said, Sinead, that holistic, healthy system. It's about creating health in whatever system, you know, we are a part of. And and the big missing piece of our history has been an understanding that. We once had matriarchal cultures where women were leaders and women uh, helped pick, you know, men who were in power and, and men revered women for the power they had to give life to the world and, and to also connect to the divine realms that, you know, maybe men weren't as attuned to. And, and so there, there was once on our planet, apparently, this very 
different way of living. And, and we, you know, we don't get into the temple culture too much in this conversation, but, but in her work, you can learn a lot about that and about how there really was this vibrant culture of women being kind of at the center of civilization and being at the center of the spirituality of that civilization. And, and I think she even talks about like circular kind of structure, circular, you know, um, ways of looking at like society and that. And, and so, so yeah, it's so important that men are part of this conversation because they've, you know, carried so much wounding, right. Which has led to the patriarchal systems that are on this planet. And we've carried so much wounding because of that. And we have to work together to heal that and understand how that all happened even. Yeah. Agreed. 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 And you know, that's another thing I appreciated about Marguerite that she has a vision for how that can occur. And that vision involves, the melding and the cohesiveness of all these, again, different things that we're used, you're used to thinking of as being completely separate from each other and not interchangeable or valuable to each other, but they are. And so she's bringing in technology, spirituality, divine feminine, divine masculine, you know, academic knowledge, history, um, faith in a way, right? Not religion, but faith and belief and understanding of um, the greater source that we are all always connected to and what we can draw from that to use to empower ourselves in our little weeny human lives. So she's involving all these things that are esoteric, that are scientific, that are historical, that are, you know, um, a wonderful mishmash of, of things that all hold water in and of themselves and then create a more valuable portrait by coming together. And so she's doing this, I feel, in a really new way. Like her material is not the same as anyone else that we've heard talk about the divine feminine before. She even referenced, you know, quite casually, she said that no one else has quite gone into these topics the way that she has. And I think she was at the, at the time referencing Mary Magdalene, Mary, and then Mary's mother, Anne, with that comment. But yeah, she, she's just bringing so much richness. It's not only about the divine feminine. The divine feminine is a huge, huge, huge idea that encompasses so much. But I mean, she's bringing in a ton more along with that huge concept, which is so valuable for all of us to learn from. I'm kind of expanding this in a way that maybe sounds, um, you know, inaccessible to our audience. But I find her delivery and I find her information very expansive and very inspiring. And so it makes me think big. It makes me feel more expansive as well. It really, really does. Yes. And it pushes us like it pushes us to those boundaries of like belief, you know, like she brings in fairy uh, realm into her work, right. And the interdimensional nature of our reality, which we, you know, are all about, but that, that pushes the boundaries, you know, for a lot of people and in their spirituality. And, uh, and I think that's really cool. You know, she is on like this leading edge of her work. And, and like you said, it's so, it's so expansive, but it's also grounded in a lot of ways, I think, in how she lives her life and in who, who she is. And, and her work is so deep in terms of her research, her 
level of education, her um, level of study across cultures. You know, she's highly academic in what she does. She's not only experiential, right? There's a lot of people who are just in the space of, you know, going into meditation and accessing information and channeling. And, and, and you and I are, you know, in a place where we don't want to rely solely on that. Like that doesn't feel right. We need the academic approach too. And she, and she brings both because she has spent, gosh, decades in ceremony and, and working through her own evolution to open her senses and awaken like her sight and her ability to connect with the other realms and, and receive information that validates her research. And that's a really cool combination that you just don't see a lot of out there. No, especially not in the usual 3D. I mean, you were talking earlier about how it blew your mind to have the typical historical narrative kind of thrown out the window once you started learning new things, right? And that's why I love learning in this particular field of the paranormal, the spiritual so much, because it does feel more holistic. You know, people are, if we compare it to the leaders of knowledge or thought, such as, let's say, professors in the 3D, she has a PhD, but she's also bringing in all these other aspects like you're talking about, right? She's grounding herself in history, politics, uh, world studies, all kinds of things that are very practical, very academic, very, you could even say normal, right? But with such a different lens. And she's also bringing in mythology, right? Which people don't count as actually being history, but mythology does bear history. Mythology does actually carry fact. It has become story after so many hundreds of years. So, of course, it's become eroded and changed. And, you know, songs have been added to tell the story or whatever it was. But um, it is, you know, a lot of it is actually based in fact. So we know that Merlin was actually a person and that, um, you know, King Arthur's court really did exist and, and Guinevere and Arthur were actual people. And so she's taking the historical fact, which is very little known, and the mythology, which is greatly known and played upon, bringing them both into the sphere of the divine feminine history and human origins. I mean, it's just something else. You can't not find information like this outside of the field that we're in. So once again, I just absolutely love doing this. It makes my day. I know, I know. I, I, in the interview, talk about watching her video about fairies and, and even at this point, right, you know, like we are really far along in our journey in a lot of ways, right, in terms of us being open-minded and curious and, and, and not being shocked by a lot at this point. And, and, and even then, you know, I'm still a little skeptical, right? Like I haven't connected with a fairy yet. I've, I've talked to a tree, I've talked to ETs, but I haven't connected with a fairy. So I don't know if, you know, they exist. And, and I, I, I do believe that there's obviously so much we can't see and um, experience because of our perception, but you know, I start watching her video about fairies and all of a sudden I start having like all these sensations and this like this sense of energy around me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I connecting with fairies? <laughs> I'm like, is, is something I'm supposed to be learning more about fairies? I think I might be. I think maybe that's why we're doing this interview with Marguerite. Maybe I'm supposed to be diving into this more, you know, so it's so funny how those connections open up. <laughs> I really and I love, I love that. I love that we get to 
talk to other people who also experience that, right? That feeling of just being receptive to what's around us. Like Sarah Brosman Cosme said, there's information around us all the time. It's literally in the air around us and we have to develop our sensitivities to be able to pull it in. So the fact that you get to, you will have that awareness that we're able to clue into that as the result, right? When you have that experience watching that video with Marguerite, she uses that as part of her expertise, her field of teaching and learning and writing. And we get to have conversations with people who think like that and who walk through life like that. I just absolutely love it. And I love that Marguerite just speaks about it so matter-of-factly. You know, it's not like, so in the mythology, she's saying, no, the Fae, Mar uh, Mary, you know, Guinevere, Arthur, she's speaking at that, uh, as, she's speaking about them as if they were the same way that they, that actual quote unquote, historical figures get spoken about in usual 3D history. And she's just, she's not making any bones about it. She's just speaking plainly and straightforwardly about what she knows. And it really is so grounded. She's so articulate. She makes it land so well. I had, I just really enjoyed this conversation a lot. I hope everyone else does too. Me too. Yeah. We get to, we get to see her, her kind of alter ego, sidekick, spirit. <laughs> come through at one point which is super fun <laughs> she she has her side to her which is like super fun that we got to see and I love that she brought that today or that they showed up <laughs> me too did she give it a name I can't remember if she gave she did, it a name I can't remember I can't remember we'll have to we'll have to go back and rewatch that to catch the name <laughs> like Angelina or something, yeah, she, something, she was something really so funny. fast so fast in her accent you know it's hard to catch <laughs> <laughs> we should probably give people an idea of what the heck we're talking about right now <laughs> by going into that episode. <laughs> okay, well, everyone, you'll you'll enjoy this episode. There's a, there's a lot in it, so definitely go go dive into her work. Check out her YouTube channel as well to to learn a, a little bit more about her and and to let some of this sink in a bit more for you. And um, we just hope you really enjoy this conversation. Yes, we do. Like, 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 subscribe, 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 subscribe. I said that three times. Wow, I'm darn impressed. And go to the show notes and check out all the information there about Marguerite and look her up and learn more. We'll see you on the other side, everyone. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you on the other side. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Star Family Wisdom. We have a wonderful, wonderful guest for you today. Her name is Marguerite Regalioso. It's very important to pronounce her last name properly. We have learned it often gets mispronounced. So Regalioso, she is an expert in the feminine, the divine feminine, uh, Mary, and many other temple priestesses, the temple goddesses, um, all kinds of lineages of wonderful, powerful females who we have not learned about. And so Marguerite is bringing that ancient wisdom into the present, really emphasizing the importance of it. And so we're really, really, really pleased to have her here and very much looking forward to this conversation. So Marguerite, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me, both of you, Shanae, Jenna, really happy to be here. Thank, Thank you, Marguerite. You. It's such a pleasure. We we first had the pleasure of seeing Marguerite at the Sedona Ascension Conference a few months ago when Sinead was in town and we were in the front row. We were so eager to hear Marguerite's talk on Mother Mary. And, and since then, we've been just diving into your work. I was already familiar with it before that, but just seeing you in person and seeing your passion and how inspired you are in how you deliver this information to the world just got me fired up to learn more. I'm reading your book, The Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece, and we've just got so much to talk about. 
today. <laughs> so and I'm, I'm, it's always so wonderful when people are excited about this work. Um, it's, it's really rewarding for me. So thanks for mirroring back and letting me know that <laughs> it's reaching people. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, maybe we can start with that. How do you feel like it's that information is coming across to people right now, given the particular time that we are living in and all the particular things that are happening on our planet right now involving, you know, human evolution, essentially, if you boil it right down, it really comes down to the development of human evolution, human consciousness. And so you're delivering this amazing information at a time where that is coming more to the fore in ways that are both dramatic and wonderful. Yeah. What is your experience right now of delivering this information to everyone? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the best thing that's ever happened to a lot of spiritual folks is sort of this crisis that started a couple of years ago, because all of a sudden, you know, I'd been toiling away as a mystery school teacher and author since 2012 when I founded Seven Sisters Mystery School and, you know, having ups and downs. And then, wow, March 2020, I had the highest subscribed class. It was my Mother Mary mystery teachings that I'd ever had. And it was um, it's it's been on the upswing ever since. And then I had uh, my book come out a year later and then I've had a number of different interviews and so there seems to be a momentum growing for the types of things that I am putting out in the world. And it's just always so great when I hear, you know, personal, personal reflections back of, of how much it's meant to you. But I think it's making, this work is making its, its slow wave out there, um, probably at a pace that I can handle, at a pace that other people can handle. So I've learned to trust the pace. and. Um, yeah, and so I'm just going with it. it. It's feeling comfortable. I mean, things are hand are are coming at a rate that I can pretty much handle it. And um, but there's been a lot of interest in my courses and a certain amount of interest in the book. So far, much positive that I've been hearing from people on social media or emails that have been coming to me, interview invitations and so forth. So I'm feeling good about that because as we all know, I mean, being spirit workers probably for a couple of decades now, um, it's been a rough road, right? And we've, a lot of us went through our dark decade of the soul <laughs> prior to 2020. And so when we, you know, when we were being told by numerous oracles and maybe our own guidance, hey, you're going ahead of the pack so that you can hold people when the big thing goes down. And it's like, okay, well, really, is that going to happen? And then it is happening now. And now I'm understanding. And it doesn't mean that I or anybody is like out of the woods with our personal work. And, uh, but um, it's definitely, I realize that all of the stuff that I did prior to this is, is helping me to be able to help other people now who are having crises, uh, spiritual awakenings and so forth. Wonderful. So like, what is, what is reaching people? You know, what do you think that is making it resonate? If, is it the divine feminine specifically? Is it the fact that people are starting to deconstruct religious faith a little more? Like what's coming across to you? Yeah, it's, it's about the divine feminine. And, you know, in particular, I've been talking about mother Mary over the past couple of years, but other things like, um, Guinevere from, from the Avalon period and, my new course, which I know we're going to talk about, 
Uh, people are very intrigued by what I have to say about her. This is about resurrecting the feminine, um, sort of clearing off the negativity and the, the disappearance that's been put on various feminine power women in our history to raise them up to their rightful place. And as we do that, we raise ourselves up to our rightful place. So people are really understanding the connection between those two things. Yes, it very much has to do with um, people having spiritual awakenings that are outside or underneath traditional religions, things that can't be explained by them or are at odds or really are outside the bounds of three-dimensional reality. Lots of people are having that. And of course, with that, a lot of people having awakenings to the fact that, that we live in a world where there are interdimensional beings on the other side of the veil and people who are experiencing that through direct knowing, through sight, through medicine ceremonies, through dreams. And, um, you know, some of it has to do with the positive friendly forces that are with us. Some of it has to do with awakening to the negative forces that are within are around us and within us. And so all of those awakenings are contributing to this great interest in things that I'm doing, things that you're doing, and so forth. Mm, love interesting. That. <laughs> yeah, you know, it feels like we're going we're going through this huge unlearning and relearning process right now. And you know, I'm reflecting on my awakening and just how profound that was to realize that the history I was taught in school and the history that was delivered to us through many of our organized religions has largely left out a huge, huge important piece of our history, which is the feminine. And, and I think that is so healing for us when we get into that. So I'd love to just have you talk a little bit about your, your work in delving into, you know, unpacking the, the truth of our history that's been missing. Yeah. I mean, I started on the path of awakening to the sacred feminine back in my very, very early 30s. So that's like almost 30 years ago now. And um, I started, you know, realizing that as I was on my path of personal healing, it started intersecting with spiritual understandings, particularly I was looking, uh, I, I lived in the Boston area at, at that time, and I went to a workshop on women and self-esteem taught by Greta Bro, this therapist. And what did she say? She said, well, in order to understand how much women have been wounded, um, they, they need to understand that the sacred feminine has been largely overlooked and this actually was a huge component of human life prior to a certain time. And in some cultures, it's never gone away, even though there's been some distortions. And by the way, here are some authors and books that you can look, look at and look into. And here's a bookstore in California. And it happened to be that I was going on a business trip to do an interview for Harvard Business School when I was writing for them at that time. And I went to this bookstore whose name I'm forgetting right now. And they had Patrice Wynn used to run it. Um, and they had all these books and they plopped down these books by Maria Gimbutas, uh, the archeologist who showed the, you know, that there was goddess veneration in old Europe. They plopped down the encyclopedia of women's myths and secrets by Barbara Walker. And I started filtering through and I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like my reality turned suddenly right side up. And I realized, oh my God, I've been 
told a lie, massive pieces of information have been gone. But my first, my first response was, I knew it. (laughs) Exactly. Intuitively, we have a gap memory, you know, that like something there's the feminine women, da da da. You know, and I had I had sort of seen it as like, well, I'm a feminist. That was my way of expressing it. But it was really like I'm a spiritual woman who's seeking balance of and redress for the sacred feminine. And here's my evidence. And then that just started me on my path as a learner. And then that led to my path as a teacher eventually. And you know, you're always learning. So it's not like you ever stop. But, you know, I'm now moving into more um, of a different phase of my my life. And I think that all of those decades of work that I've done are kind of accumulating now. And it's it's like, yeah, you know, the sea under my feet that is rising. And I can tell it's it's beautiful how your work is culminating in this way. And you're you're such a leader, you know, in this field now. And for the audience who doesn't know Marguerite's work, you know, your work is so deep and so thorough. Marguerite's done PhD research, right, in in all of these areas that we're talking about today. And so, you know, a, a lot of times we we've been fed these these ideas that myths and fairy tales, right, are just that. They're fairy tales and they don't have a basis. Yeah, and they're not proven, real. Right. And yeah. you've proven that wrong in many ways. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd love for you to share for our audience how, for those who don't know, that in our ancient times, our, our cultures were matriarchal in so yeah. many ways. And that's so counter to what we're experiencing today in our current civilization. Yeah. And I got involved in the matriarchal studies movement um, more than a decade, a decade and a half ago. And I participated in, attended, and t- spoke at these conferences that were being held in Europe about this led by Haida Gutner Abendroth, who is this German author who really has done a magnum opus that um, one or two volumes that are available on matriarchal societies and what they're really about and how matriarchy has been given a bum rap because we sort of assume that it means the reverse of patriarchy in that women are going to be abusing men when that's not really, that's not the case at all. These are societies of balance, societies of peace, societies of women at the center. They're circular societies. They're longhouse societies where you have intergenerations living together. You don't have the nuclear family and therefore you don't have the problems, the economic and social problems that nuclear families bring. Um, Ideally, they are visiting marriages where the couple does not go off and live alone. The couple, the the man will visit and have a love relationship with the woman, but then he goes back to his own mother's clan house, right? So it's a whole different thing. The fathers of the children are the woman's brothers or uncle, not the biological father. It's just a way more healthy kind of dynamic. And these cultures still exist in various pockets. Of course, everything's changing but that provides a real revelation for people that it it doesn't always this is not the way it always has been and there's another way that we can look into it for the future and one of the key components of those societies is that there's a strong veneration of the sacred feminine and there's a balance between male and female roles there's always like a corrective and a check so even if they're male priests or chiefs guess who picks them 
the grandmothers, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, a, it's a whole different weaving. And so it, it was really illuminating. And, you know, part of me wants to bring back that teaching again, um, perhaps through Seven Sisters Mystery School, just to give people that vision. Something I really that. that. Yeah. yeah, I love that too. I relate to that also. I mean, not in a personal way, but because I remember when I first started tuning into um, the power of women in more of a 3D kind of way, I was, uh, I was a public school teacher for a long time and we were always finding ways to support initiatives in other countries that had to do with building schools or improving education. Oh, and yeah. um, so we were learning at one point, there was something going on in Africa. Um, there's always something going on in Africa, but there was something particularly dramatic going on that was affecting children in this one particular region. And we teachers were doing some research and we were learning about the grassroots work that all the grandmothers were doing, yeah. the African grandmothers. And I was just blown away. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, wow, like these women are unbelievably powerful. And then that led me to learn more about grandmothers and other cultures and how they how they are as models. So bringing it back to the this archetype and reality of the wise woman, you referenced uh, feminism a little while ago. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because in my mind as a woman who I've never really called myself a feminist and it's not because I don't like feminism I think feminism is absolutely crucial and important but I think it's become something that I don't fully recognize anymore as being feminism and so I prefer to say the divine feminine which to me has a different a different context a different feel a different language uh in tune with feminism, but different. So how do you see those two things? How do you see feminism and how do you see the divine feminine? I think feminism was a necessary step where women had to kind of take on the more masculine mantle and attempt to become equals or at least players in the patriarchal domain. And there was a lot of uh, busting that those early pioneers needed to do politically socially, culturally, academically, spiritually, religiously. So I really honor those foremothers for what they did. They suffered a lot. You know, I know some of them, it was not fun for them. And it may be that they didn't exactly have the, the model right because they didn't have at their disposal understandings of matriarchy and circular cultures. They didn't understand um, appropriate gender rolling because it's just like they were, they were just starting from zero, you know, um, and there weren't all those nuanced discussions about what's the right role between masculine and feminine, and they didn't understand yet um, the divine feminine spirituality. So, you know, women of the 60s and 70s on into the 80s were of a certain, and their idea was to wear the power suit, right, and to have equal pay, and then you know, over time we started realizing, holy crap, we don't want to be in the workplace full time with these men. We've, first of all, it's toxic. Second of all, we who's going to raise the children? You know, we, we, you want a whole scale change of culture. Um, not just women taking on the role, the patriarchal roles of men. So it's been, it's become, it's had to evolve over the years. When I stepped into the sacred feminine uh, culture, um, that academic setting, you know, those understandings. And when I started experiencing that myself, that changed everything for me. I kind of migrated out of political feminism into spiritual feminine understandings. 
And, you know, that led to a personal softening for me and empowerment at a much deeper level, you know, really finding my foundation through spirituality, um, you know, connectivity with the, with the interdimensional realms and so forth. So I can understand how women, it, I mean, at first it was irritating to me to hear that like the next generation was like, feminism is the F word. And I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? You don't, you should be bowing at the knees of these women, you know, who, who, who broke the road for you, you know, just wow. But then I began to understand, you know, as I began to migrate myself. So I neither, um, I don't dishonor the women who were in that mode or still are in that mode, but I've kind of, you know, moved into my own arena with it. And it's more of an integrated, I believe, arena. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed very much. I think, Jenna, you'd probably second that as well, because we don't <laughs> yeah. talk about feminism, right? We talk about the divine feminine, and that has a particular, I just feel like it's, it's a, a, a notch or two or more up from feminism and we're that's the kind of conversation we like to have here because yeah. we're addressing you know the reality so-called of what we're all living in together and all the shifts and changes that are happening within that but we're also addressing this other layer of reality that as spiritual practitioners we know exists okay. and we sometimes get glimpses or experiences with that and that is integrated with our reality even though we're, we're not walking around with the full awareness of that yeah and so to the divine feminine using that expression even that label or word or term brings that to me higher feeling down that's like, right that's right and what i found is that even in the divine feminine circles that i've been in there are levels of esoteric understanding mm -hmm. so that was another threshold that i went through where the four mothers of the women's spirituality program don't always understand that there is a bona fide interdimensional realm. Like their, fe their feminine um, spiritual orientation is still a bit intellectual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not quite experiential. And when it's experiential, it's not quite esoteric in that they're not having the lived experience of an initiation into the other world where they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that this other realm exists, that these beings exist, that, that these goddesses exist and, you know, and so forth. So I've been kind of working through the, the waters of that because I sometimes have gotten flack from people in my own feminine spiritual community. And then even in the new age community in California, I got flack because as I go deeper and deeper, like my role seems to always be to be at the cutting edge mm -hmm. of things that people can barely tolerate. Not that I'm at the farthest edge because there are others beyond me, but the more I go into it, the more people will like throw up resistance. And then I realized, wow, I'm not at home in this group either. You know? So I went through mm -hmm. my whole California, um, you know, Marin County Bay area phase. And then I was like, I gotta get out of here because I'm being limited by these people's views and I just kind of need to physically move as I am pers uh, spiritually moving. Mm -hmm. So it's been, for me, it's been like a constant traveling, a constant migration. I never know what's next and what I'm going to receive next that's going to blow the lid off of everyone. I mean, and this is not to be like egotistical or anything, but literally in medicine ceremony a number of years ago, I'm not remembering exactly when, but I was told your work is 20 to 35 years ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, wow, you know, um, and I was like, wow, yippee. But then the reality of that, that, yeah. that can be pretty hard at times, yeah. you know, like um, try finding partnership, you know, in that right. kind of situation. You know what I'm saying? It's a little like, wow, okay, you got to really call it in. And then like Matt Kahn, who's, you know, one of these spiritual teachers said, he says, being, being ahead of the game is overrated. <laughs> you know, not that I would trade it for anything. It's my role. It's my agreement. It's my covenant and contract in this and probably all lifetimes. But you got to be courageous. You're a pioneer. You're out there. You got to have your psychic tools to deal with all of this stuff that's going to come toward you. And, you know, in the end, what I'm luckily migrating into is that love is the greatest force and protector and really, in a sense, the most radical thing of all. So you kind of come full circle to, you know, the Catholicism of your backyard, but on a totally different rung of the spiral. <laughs> so it's just so it's it's just so funny how these things go. It is. And that is that is like such the spiritual journey too, right? Like the hero's journey. Yeah. Like you're just yeah. you're just being guided and you're being brave and you're taking the next step and and being willing to be on that leading edge and that's not easy that that is challenging we feel that you know in some ways and and also deep gratitude for people like you who are out ahead, you know, and, and leading the charge. And, you know, I want to talk for a moment about some of that experiential component that, that does really help ground us in, in the reality of our reality, I guess, and the reality of, you know, what you teach. But, but I also want to just pause and honor for a moment, the divine masculine, because I think when we get into these conversations, it's really, you know, easy for um, our, our masculine counter parts and and brothers to to maybe feel like they are being left out or being pushed aside and when we talk about the divine feminine at least for me it feels like we are honoring and relearning about our power so we can create balance between the divine masculine and feminine and and so uh, first I would love to hear your take on that because I know you have some offerings for men as well and and, yes. and you do yes. personal sessions to help people connect more deeply with that balanced sense of sacred spirituality within themselves so maybe you can talk about that for, for just a moment. Yes, for sure. First of all, I just want to honor and acknowledge the intergenerational nature of, of what we're all about. You know, like for so long, I was kind of like the same age as everyone else. And now I'm kind of not, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I mean, I'm, I have my own peer group, but then it's like to reach, reach to a younger peer group, which, which I know you two are, it's so great. Cause it's like, oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, there's supposed to be elders, who are learning from the younger ones and younger ones who are learning from the elders. I mean, it really is a figure eight. I mean, I, I have learned so much from the younger women in my tribe. I, I totally bow to them, you know, and honor them. Um, but just, this is really nice right now, you know, this sort of mutual exchange that we're having. Second of all, regarding the masculine, um, as in the matriarchal studies uh, that I've done, Wow. I mean, these cultures, the men are, are so relieved to be in these cultures because they get their needs met in a whole other way. They get the, the need for feminine nurturance. The pressure is off for them to be this sort of patriarchal earner uh, on which there's so much pressure, etc. And um, 
they they need the goddess they need that feminine love they need remothering they need reloving and and all that kind of thing so the resurrection of the sacred masculine is happening along with the resurrection of the sacred feminine the healthy masculine the detoxed masculine right that's what's going on and you know back in my earlier days with this i did have a lot of anger toward the masculine but as I've gone deeper and deeper into the esoterics, I realized, no, what I have anger for is toward are the interdimensional beings that have caused these problems. And that's where my whistleblowing is focusing right now. Like, hello, people, let's all get the veils off our third eye and be able to see and know what actually is going on behind the scenes, behind the veils, and who are these interdimensional um you know, interplanetary beings that are, are fomenting this and have been doing so for quite some time on the earth plane, sucking off of it, mm. okay? That's where my warrior cry is, is going out toward. And that relieves pressure from men also because it's not about that men are the problem on the planet just because they're connected with patriarchy. Patriarchy was inserted to everyone what we're calling patriarchy, which is an out of balance, toxic system that creates trauma and uh, negativity, which these interdimensional beings feast on. That's their main goal. Okay. And all of this has been going on undercover. So many of the things that have been going on are part of it. All of the sexual abuse that we all have experienced or have heard every time we get into a circle with anyone who's had sexual abuse at what level it's all throughout this is part of an interdimensional injection onto the earth plane this is not the blame of our fathers okay this is they are as victimized as anyone else so when we start understanding that the responsibility for these this dysfunction does not lie with men however they definitely have been hoodwinked and hooked into getting privileged in in this world so that they can perpetuate the problems and behaviors that these beings are injecting onto us um, they need to awaken to that and come to terms with it so that they can release those patterns and habits and come into what's going to feel way better for them you know and way healthier for everyone so it's it's a multi-pronged approach mm, that makes Sorry, yeah. for, for those who aren't familiar with what you're talking about, Marguerite, and who these interdimensional beings are, Sinead, I was reading your mind. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how this, we do this a lot. We have, we have telepathy between the two of us. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. You're, you're fifth dimensional women. Yes. <laughs> can All you talk yeah, <laughs> it's fun to experience that like when we are in these settings and we start to to have this, you know, consciousness connection that occurs. It's really fun to to experience. How that yeah. Yeah. Can you go into a morphic field. Right. Yes. And it happens like this. Sometimes it also if you do a group medicine or cacao ceremony or something like that is same thing. You go into the same field of knowing together. You can have journeys together and so forth. But yes, so these interdimensional beings. So anyone who starts going into this deeply spiritual world or the shamanic world through whatever means, be it deep meditation, 
be it medicine ceremonies, be it paying attention to dreams or what have you, um, be it listening to oracles of the world or, or people who are disclosing different things that have been going on, you start realizing that there's a whole other ecosystem of beings you know, that are unseen to us currently. They're not really readily apparent in three-dimensional reality, but they are there. So that's what I'm talking about. There is a hierarchy and there are beings that are both in the positive valence and the negative valence on that side of the veil as there are here, as we can see all around us among ourselves. So some of these beings are identified as different races of beings. They have different names. They're described as looking certain ways. Sometimes they poke into our third dimensional reality. And sometimes people have to really open their sight to be able to see them or, or even know and sense them intuitively. And for me, after, you know, what is it? I mean, 20 plus years of sacred medicine work, I started getting a sense of these beings and um, communicating with the positive ones and really getting um, an understanding of the negative ones and what they've been up to. And it's a communal process because it's not just my own knowing, but then I'll hear other oracles or just closure people talking about it. And then I will take it into my own advisement and start receiving my own intuitions about it. And I have a sense of when I'm hearing truth and when I'm not hearing truth, just in a way like we all do. But I also did go to psychic training school to open up my, my knowing. So I perhaps am a little more acutely attuned to things that are not in the third dimensional reality. So that basically there's, you know, a whole series of races of these beings on the other side. Yeah. And I, I really love that you're making a point of saying that they're a mixed bunch, you know, because there's so much, we are just so into dichotomy and duality and, you know, black and white and things being separate here. They have to be in one box or the other. They can't possibly in both, right. be in both. But, you know, to me, the reality and to us, the reality is that, you know, there are just as many races out there and different kinds of ETs, extraterrestrials, yeah. beings that are human. So I really love that you emphasize that because we have such biased ideas about what we think they are before even waiting to get to know them or trying to get to know them first so yeah they're, they're definitely positive and negative um, attributes and and here on earth we're living in this you know mostly 3d construction depending on where you are with your own consciousness i guess um which, which is made up of duality and in this dimension duality is wholeness and therefore the masculine and feminine have to be part of that wholeness otherwise it's out of balance so it's not working right. so what you're talking about is bringing back this ancient wisdom that is still relevant today and i wanted to touch on that i want to touch on the fact that this is um you know the power of women the power of women in a very particular way in an ancient way the temple lineages we haven't talked about that yet right. that were all existing in matriarchal cultures as jenna was mentioning long ago and this was the norm and this was entrenched in how people thought how they felt how they approached things how they problem solved that it was wiped away and then here we are kind of coming back into the divine feminine so i want to ask you a couple of things yeah asking why do you think this is happening at this time and that's point A or part A of my question. And part B is, why do you think that this ancient knowledge and wisdom still fits today? Like, why not invent something totally new and different? 
why is it important to bring back what we had back then to now? Right. Well, as to why this um, dramatic shifting, awakening um, that is taking the form of looking certain ways, right? Like crises of one kind or another. Why this is happening now, it seems to be there's a cosmic timing to it. And, you know, things like this have been talked about in the ancient prophetic books and Mayan prophecies and, you know, different, different um, texts and, and all that sort of thing. So we seem to be in the cosmic timing of the nadir point on planet Earth, the lowest point from which we will then start the upward swing. And there is a thought form that seems to strike me as truth that we've all, that we have the most people on the planet right now than ever because we've all incarnated for this great circus show to see what was going to happen, participate and see how we could grow our souls in this process. So it's like a big showtime right now that's going on. That's kind of my understanding of it in brief. Um, and then um, what was it? Uh, what was your, oh, the ancient mysteries. Can you say more about your question? Oh, why, yeah. not, why not right. start afresh? Like, why oh, right, not? right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, in many ways we are starting afresh because I think that the temples were toppled in part because they were getting entrenched and they were getting too much goop from patriarchy and everything. And so, you know, the times of ancient Rome, ancient Greece, and who knows wherever else throughout the world, as the veils of patriarchy were getting thicker and thicker, those mystery traditions were getting more and more problematic and so forth. And the real information was going further and further underground. So there's, but there's still a living stream of that underground information that anyone can truly tap into. It is eternal, it's perennial, but it's also evolving. I mean, it's never the same thing twice. So um, while it looks like we're returning to something, we're actually, again, spiral, new rung of the spiral or, you know, up here. It's, it's never the same. And it's um, the knowledge, the esoteric knowledge is geared for the now and how the whole universe has evolved. So, you know, you're never, you're never going back to the same point, really, but you can can access that stream of knowledge and apply it to today. And I think that's what a lot of us are doing. And I think it's important to distinguish between ancient cultures that we read about and see remnants of like Greece, Rome, and wherever there are temple cultures. And then the prior to that, which is the things that pretty much get erased from history, like Atlantis, like Lemuria, and many other times, civilizations, um, interdimensional locations like Shambhala, like Avalon, like the um, Olympian mountains, like, you know, all these types of things, Shangri-La. Um, so, you know, we, we have to figure out what is it that we even want to tune back into, right? And even Lemuria is, I mean, I mean, there's stuff before Lemuria, but Lemuria is the closest thing we can get to Eden. Yeah. Right. And so we're all just trying to get back to that Garden of Eden in the sense of the time of peace, the time of well-being, the time when humans are embodying 
their divine blueprint, when there's harmony between the sexes, when there's harmony between the species, when there's no killing, there's no warfare because all beings are eating from prana. So we're, we're trying to, to access that living stream. And when our knowing was complete, we were accessing divine Sophia wisdom. And our growth was through joy rather than what we have right now, which is through struggle, you know, negative uh, learnings and so forth. Mm -hmm. Wow. What about a time when, when growth is through joy? Like I don't have to go through a dark night of the soul to have my freaking knowledge returned to me. Right. Maybe next lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it just feels like we're all working yeah. to build yeah. the edifice of that mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. when others and perhaps ourselves come back, it will be different. Yes. At Star Family Wisdom, you can discover the power of sacred geometry with our newest instructor, Nadi Hana. Nadi is an expert in sacred geometry and crop circle technology. Sacred geometry is the study of harmonic patterns that underlie and create the universe around us. Sacred geometry is where physics and metaphysics meet. It is the still point of creation, the zero point of space, the infinite potential of this present moment. And we can see sacred geometry represented throughout nature, the cosmos, and even in our human bodies. It quite literally is the intelligent design of our universe. And by studying it, drawing it, or meditating with it, we can access an expanded state of consciousness and the higher intelligence that is available to us. Try it today with our new Sacred Geometry drawing courses and use the code geometry to get 25% off at checkout. Yes. And that's why your work is so important, Marguerite, because you're helping people through your courses and programs reconnect deeply within themselves to those yeah. ancient truths, their own eternal wisdom, that Sophia wisdom. And maybe you can, maybe this is a good time to switch gears and talk about your latest course, which is centered around Avalon and Guinevere and Arthur and that story and, and how you're bringing new light to our understanding of that story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been talking so much and writing so much about the, the maligned feminine figures, even of Christianity. So 30 years ago, I was already teaching on the Magdalene well before the Da Vinci Code came out and all these other things. I was working off the material of Margaret Starbird, the very first person to break the code on Mary Magdalene. And um, so I, I spent a number of years in, you know, Magdalene territory exonerating her and so forth, working with that energy. And then more recently, uh, last few years, it's been returning to Mother Mary and clearing up her record and raising her back up to the high holy priestess that she was, is, and shall be, just as we all are, so that she can be that mentor, that reflector for us in our own spiritual growth path as women. And so um, as a part of that, you know, I, I began to understand about divine birth as an actual practice of holy women, that this was a technology that women all over the planet have been doing for a very long time. 
in order to bring in certain types of beings to the planet at its highest level avatars walking representations of the divine that were needed once humanity's blueprint started to degrade or once we how we manifested it started to degrade and we needed these higher level beings like hey i'm a light being so are you remember do, 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 take a look at you know how it could be jesus and, and mother mary herself and so forth so along with that i came to understand that as i began to read the materials on ancient avalon in other words uh king arthur queen guinevere merlin and so forth and the historical and legendary accounts i was astounded to see that it was a whole program of divine birth mm. that led to bringing in these beings and that's what i'm talking about in the class which you know you'll find out about <laughs> jenna um and uh and then you know so looking at these female figures guinevere uh, Arthur's mother, Egraine, Arthur's half-sister, Morgan Le Fay, you know, some of these other women. What were they all about? How have, this, how have, their, story, how have their stories been mistold? All right. Who were and are they really? What else do we need to brush off about them? And so that's a lot of what I'm doing in this class, basing it on my own intuitions, my own uh, reception of information in medicine ceremonies, um, and then some of the other things I've been reading from some uh, some of the writers and world oracles uh, who've been looking at this material in a new way. And, you know, what I'm coming to is this exploration of the true Guinevere, the true divine human Guinevere what she was all about, why she and Arthur came to the planet when they did at a time when the veils were really getting thick, what they attempted to do, how that was foiled, and how we need to um, participate in their awakening from stasis in order to get this ball rolling again <clears throat> into bringing back, because they were connected with the dragon lines, mm -hmm. lineages literally, and the fairy or she lineages. So you know, all that you'll hear in class one. <laughs> um, I really go into the details of that. And it ties together everything uh, that I've been looking at. Sacred feminine goddesses, bringing them back to life. Divine birth is a real holy practice. The sacred priestesshoods of women, the fairy and the fae realm and, and why we need them and they need us. And we have to have that awakening and the embodied benevolent masculine energy, the Christ Arthur, okay? So all of that is what, is what I'm looking at. And so Guinevere would be the Mary Guinevere. Mm -hmm. And by Mary, meaning both Magdalene and Mother Mary put together. Ah. United with the Sophia consciousness. That's something I wanted to ask you about actually, because when you were giving your presentation, when Jenna and I saw you in person in Sedona, you were talking about Mary Magdalene, and then you were talking about Mother Mary. And afterwards, Jenna and I were discussing what you had been teaching, and I was saying Mary, and Jenna was like, which which one? And I couldn't remember. And so I was that made me wonder, had you been meshing them into not one person, but one kind of energetic force? Or were you talking about them as 
separate and having their own powers, which of course would be interrelated. Can you talk about yeah. that a little more? Yeah. yeah, it's interrelated. Um, they, why they both have the name Mary is because they were part of a priestesshood that the title of the priestesses was Mary or Mariam originally, which came from the Egyptian Mary is my research understanding. M-E-R-I is the transliteration. I'm not sure what the actual hieroglyphics of it are, but it, it was a term that meant divine love, essentially stripped down to its basics. Mm -hmm. So these were women who, who were in a lineage of divine love. And sometimes that love was expressed through celibacy and a divine birth practice. Sometimes it was expressed through Tantra and giving birth to the avatar's children. Okay. So that would be Magdalene. Okay. And Mother Mary is the one who brings the avatar in. And, and Mother Anne was also involved in this. That's like. right. Grandmother Anne is Mother Mary's mother, who, according to um, one of the suppressed gospels, as well as legend, was the divine mother of Mary. She gave divine birth to Mother Mary so that she brought that avatar, feminine avatar, to the planet. And then Mother Mary received all this training and remembered her other lives and all of her womb training and so forth, her previous incarnation being Isis, by the way. Uh-huh. And then she was like, now I'm ready for true showtime. I'm not going to content myself with bringing in Horus. I'm bringing in Jesus. <laughs> okay. Wow. So that's what she was up to in this lifetime, the highest of the high holy avatars who ever walked the planet. And so um, then Mary Magdalene went from there and, and attempted to create the lineage with Jesus. So there are legends that Sarah La Kali was their daughter and uh, Claire Hartsong channels that they had other children. She also channels that Jesus had children by other women, which is a very interesting thing that also Swami Sri Kaleshwar in India said was the case as well, which is a whole other thing. Um, oh. So, you know, Marguerite, she'll just content herself with one sacred marriage, all right? She doesn't need to go into bigamy, polygamy, <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> all right? You can't even do it right with one person. How are you going to do it right with three or four? <laughs> yeah you know like come on let's just let's just settle down simple resurrect the sacred marriage template onto the planet which is what we're doing in class one by the way of the guinevere course because it's experiential as well as historical and so you know that, that that's part of what i'm about here and and part of what i think we're all about and it's ultimately about my work is about inspiring people, like you're saying, to get stimulated into their own divine knowing and activate their own divine blueprint. Because as soon as we all start ocup occupying that and operating from that place, our world is going to be a heck of a lot better. A lot of the problems are going to dissolve. We're going to have insights about how to go into the new earth, as we're calling it, and so forth. Wonderful. Wow. I mean, you're, you're making me laugh because I did not expect that accent for one thing. That was awesome. You know, we are Marguerite's comedy beings, Gloria and Sylvia, right? Sometimes we get to name ourselves. Sometimes we do not. Thanks to her in sacred medicine ceremony, 
And uh, we like to help her keep it light, right? Because as you can see, she's so <laughs> I need I need a couple of those beings. <laughs> well, call them in. Yeah. You know, just just get busy and call in your comments. I'm a New Yorker who's like my spirit uh -huh. guide. Talk to me about coffee and going to the mall and tossing the ball. That's what okay. Yeah. Here you I go. We need these spirit guides, you know, <laughs> and, and they're they're closely allied with the fairies because the fairies are are light. Mm. And they're humorous and, and and all that too. Very and nice. I love, that, I, I love that you bring that into your work because I think that's something so many people are just still a little, you know, maybe uneasy yeah. with and, and myself included, you know, up until this point. And I'll share just briefly for you and the audience, as I was looking at your new course, I was kind of mulling it over and thinking, hmm, should I take this one? And I started watching some of your other videos on YouTube just to refresh myself again with your work. And I watched your fairy video first. And as you were talking about fairies in like the first 20 minutes, my body just started lighting up and I just started getting all of this energy coming through. And I thought, okay, I think I'm supposed to take that course. <laughs> That would be a yes, right? Like paying attention to your body, yeah. for sure. Yeah, the body never, ever, ever lies. Full body, yes. Yeah, ever, right? I mean, it always knows what to do. Our, our heads are what mess us up. Our bodies never, ever, ever lie to us. And I, I love, I just want to touch, Marguerite, on the fact that you were talking earlier about being, because uh, we swear sometimes on this podcast that you're a little bit of a shit disturber and that you like to be a little bit of a shit disturber. <laughs> I know. You like be on the edge you like to make trouble yeah. like that's your role and I just love that because yeah. change cannot happen unless big upheaval happens it just huh. it just can't it cannot occur it's not yeah. the natural order of things right there have to be there with the there have to be people there with the shovels and the pickaxes <laughs> ready to dig in and make a mess when no one else really wants to do that I and there's actually that expression we probably all know um you know a, a, a a difficult woman changes the world or something like that. That's right. Famous you got to be a little uppity. You got to have chutzpah. Yeah, yeah. you do. <laughs> you got to have cojones. You yeah, use that's that right. You're, or ovaries, as we call <laughs> them. <laughs> you got to have ovaries, girls. Okay? Yeah. Huevos. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's let's call it by its right name. Huevos. <laughs> Huevos, not rancheros, no. even though I love them. But I do really, really appreciate that about you, though. Seriously, I mean, you are you are very articulate. You know, you're academic. You've done your research. You've got your facts and figures. But you're also bringing in this passion and this fire, which we, Jenna mentioned, we saw that in you when you were speaking in Sedona, yeah. and that you're not afraid to make a mess, and you're not afraid to upset people, and you're not afraid to upset the status quo, essentially, right? Which that's more it is. It's upsetting the status quo. If people get upset, oh, well, you know, just call on Mother Mary and Jesus to help you out and, and to integrate and to integrate until you can, you know, and maybe it's not your medicine. That's fine too, right? <laughs> maybe yeah. it's not. Yeah, whatever floats your bone, whatever yeah. floats your bone helps you progress. Yes. But, you know, we're mentioning that we are living in a very challenging time. We're living in a time where, you know, there's a pandemic going on and people are having all kinds of reactions to that. 
And I really appreciate, I want to verbalize this again, that you're seeing it as an opportunity and a time for change and a time that maybe we should be uncomfortable in a helpful way, right, to help ourselves move a little further along. So maybe we can talk a little bit now about your latest book, your latest work, because I know you have some publishing coming out. We want to definitely share that with our audience so they can know more about where to find you and what you're about, what kind of you know, amazing info you're putting out there. You have a YouTube video, you've got a website, you've got this course. What about that book? Yes. Okay. So what you're referring to is my third and most recent book as of this filming, which is called The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception. And the subtitle is Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births. So that's a consolidation of all of the research I've been doing on virgin birth in antiquity, in ancient Western world, particularly Greece, in my previous two books, um, one of which you mentioned, Jenna, The Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece, and then the next one, Virgin Mother Goddesses of Antiquity, those came out in 20, 2009, 2010. The Mary book came out in um, 2021. And <clears throat> It summarizes and consolidates all the research I've done on divine birth in particularly Greece, but a little bit farther afield as well. And then I apply it to Mary and the, her suppressed gospel of her infancy and her upbringing in the temple to become a divine birth priestess. So if people want um, sort of the most readable of all my books, one that, that encapsulates everything, that's the one to start with. And then if you really want to dig into more of the references and the academics of it, go back to those previous books. But that's what I've been talking about mainly for the past year and a half, really, since it came out in um, April 2021. And so there are a lot of implications to that, to what is divine birth? How is it, has it been used and misused? How is it related to regular sexuality? How is it related to Tantra? How is it related to alien abduction? You know, all of these kinds of things. And so uh, at, at different times, I've touched upon those topics. So that's kind of the short story of what it is. And you can get it wherever books are sold. And of course, people can find out a lot about me by going to sevensistersmysteryschool.com. And the seven is written out, S-E-V-E-N. Again, there are lots of free resources, videos, audios, um, articles. There is a listing of my on-demand courses. People can communicate with getting one-on-one -on -one sessions with me, my events like cacao ceremonies, my Mother Mary um, Love and Empowerment Circle. That's a monthly subscription. And yes, today we just did one. And the theme was healing the divine healing the masculine wound or our wounds with the masculine by connecting with, you know, Yeshua, Christ and master. And it was like this unbelievable journey that we had together where, where Jesus, where we were calling on Jesus to help us heal our relations with our fathers, our lovers, our brothers, and our sons. Beautiful. Is that in person, by the way, are you doing? Yes. Okay. That's in person online. Oh. Um, it's online, you know, everything's online right now. Okay. Uh, every, third Thursday of every month, the, the monthly Mother Mary Love and Empowerment Circle. So that's a nice companion piece to the Heal Yourself in Our World by Reclaiming Guinevere Arthur, the Fay and the Roundtable course. Oh, 
Beautiful. We'll include, we'll include a link to that in, in the show notes. And of course, a link to, to your website and the course that we're talking about that I'm taking. And um, we'll share a little bit about that too when, when I'm done so that the audience can hear about my experience with you. And that, that one is going on weekly for a number of weeks. So, yeah, so we'll, yeah, so we'll, we'll follow up on that. And Marguerite, thank you so much for being here oh, with us today and having this conversation. And expanding the minds of our audience. I know we got into some pretty high level stuff and I just encourage everyone to to dive deeper, you know, into Marguerite's work and and her books especially where you can really just sink into this relearning of our history and ourselves. Mm, it's pretty fascinating stuff and especially now like I really want to emphasize that you know there's this is such a potent energetic time to learn to grow to evolve and Marguerite you really are making such an incredible contribution to um to our collective evolution you know Jenna and I feel like your work is extremely important so the divine feminine is, is, is such a potent energy right now helping us move forward right helping us reconnect with things we need to reconnect with and you're really highlighting that so beautifully so thank you and everyone who's listening thank you so much for being here with us we always appreciate your company and please 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 like 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 subscribe share with your friends come back for more and let us know what you thought of this conversation with marguerite if you'd like to see her again what you'd like to hear more of um we always want to hear from you we always want to hear your impressions and experiences so please stay in touch and we're going to continue to bring you fantastic content just like marguerite's uh again marguerite it really has been an honor having you thank you for being here hey today. jenna thank, thank you so much. much blessings on your work <laughs>